the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Don't you know it? Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Great supporter of this show, and they are a great supporter of anyone who calls and asks questions about how they might put gold and silver into their portfolios. It's a great time to do that with inflation being what it is. Protect your long-term wealth. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. Coming up, Michael Hartney is with the Hoover Institution on the campus of Stanford University, and he is a researcher into schools, education, and more importantly, teachers unions and how they've become so political and how it's damaging our schools. The examples are off the charts. You need to hear some of his stories. You need to understand what he's learned in his research and how you can actually do something about it. You're not helpless. You are not helpless. But it's good to get some really well-researched guidance in really simple terms. Michael Hartney will give it to us right after this. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity. With your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Well, as promised, Michael Hartney of the Hoover Institution on the campus of Stanford University is joining us to talk about how teachers unions have become so influential in the political process. It's great to have you, Michael. Um, I, you, you've done you've, you you check a lot of boxes you're at the Hoover Institution. I know the Manhattan Institute. You're an adjunct fellow. Is that right? That's right. Okay. And also Boston College? Yes, on faculty there as well. On faculty there. You're quite an accomplished academic. How do we want academic? I was going to say academician, but I don't think that's a word, but I decided to make it up on the fly. Michael, I wanted to talk to you about teachers unions. My mom was in one. She didn't like it. She's long since retired from teaching in public schools. But she's still very concerned about the role of teachers unions, not only not only as it pertains to schools and education, but to politics in general. What brought about the unionization of public teachers? Well, this is what makes the story so fascinating. Um, when we typically think of interest groups that are influential in our political system, we tend to think that they got there because of hard work and grit. And the story with teachers unions, I won't say doesn't involve any of that hard work and grit, um, but it also involves uh, what I describe in my book, um, how policies make interest groups um, as an assist, if you will, sports metaphor, yeah. uh, 
uh, by government itself. And that is that in the 1960s and 1970s, state and local governments um, adopted labor laws and policies that made it easier for teachers unions to organize and mobilize teachers in politics. So giving them essentially an advantage, a, a seat at the table, if you will, that was not available to all the other important stakeholders in education, like parents and civil rights groups, uh, taxpayers. And the ramifications of that decision uh, almost 40 or 50 years ago re reverberate today. And the best example of that is simply COVID. If you look around the country and you ask, why were schools one of the last institutions to reopen when bars and gyms and other things were opened? And the answer is that teacher union resistance, even going into the spring of 2021, after vaccines were available, um, it, it, those unions had a seat at the table. School boards in many parts of the country literally had to sit down with them. And until they were comfortable and willing to sign on to memoranda of understanding, you couldn't open schools. So, you know, this stuff, even though it's historical, really rings true today as well. Teachers unionized and they tend to the, the unions tend to vote predominantly Democrat. Why? Well, I do think um, and this is a big debate in the academic world. I won't bore you with that part of the story, but there is a big debate and you hear it in public discourse as well. How much do teachers unions act? actually represent rank and file teachers. I mean, I certainly talked to a lot of teachers during the pandemic that wanted to be back in their classrooms. Obviously, many of them didn't and were very skittish about returning. Um, but this is sort of an age old question. And regardless of how you come down on that, it's certainly true that there are lots of teachers who vote Republican. Um, but organizationally, the teachers unions uh, align themselves with one political party. And they also align themselves with a lot of what I would characterize as pretty politically extreme views. And let me give you one example that, that I think matters to a lot of teachers, and that is on the issue of student discipline. So the teachers unions, um, leadership, they're all in the, in the boat, I won't say all, uh, but predominantly um, favor things like restorative justice, uh, third, fourth, and fifth chances for students. They're very concerned about suspensions in the same sort of arguments that we have about incarceration applied to discipline in the schools. Um, I would gather, and there is survey data to show this, that your typical teacher takes a very different view of these issues. Your typical teacher feels that if a student were to hit them or, or get physical with them in a classroom, that that student deserves a limited number of second chances, if any, mm -hmm. and should be in an alternative school at that point. So I say all that to say that I do think oftentimes there is slippage between what the union advocates for in politics and what a lot of teachers actually want. We see this and, and certainly there are anecdotal, there is anecdotal evidence that teachers have quit because they, they can't, they no longer feel safe in their classrooms. They feel that they're not in control that the students have more, it's the inmates running the asylum analogy. And this is it's so detrimental to the overall education system. I'm, I'm curious as to why, why there's this push for this. What, what, to what end? Well, um, in organizational terms, and, and I, I won't just pick on the teachers unions here, uh, just kind of a, an unfortunate reality of our politics right now, 
are that interest groups that used to kind of focus on single issues. So for teachers unions, education, when they when they first got going, they were concerned about teacher pay. That's a reasonable thing yeah. to be concerned about. Um, but you take other interest groups across the spectrum, um, you know, uh, you take the National Rifle Association, for example, started out very much just a guns rights organization. And one of the sort of um, uh, fallouts of our polarized political environment is interest groups kind of have to choose sides. You're either in the big conservative tent or you're in the big liberal tent. And it's attractive and necessary for leadership to make those connections with other interest groups on their team, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so you end up with this really odd situation where you have a lot of teachers who understandably, I mean, this is something I, I really want listeners to um, to appreciate, that if you're a teacher and you want um, your employer to, to sort of um, take account of your voice on some issue, workplace issue, unfortunately today, the teacher's union is really the only game in town. I mean, again, that dates back to those government policies, those labor laws that said once teachers empowered a single union to represent them, that's the only uh, union that can sit down with the school board that can represent the teachers on any workplace matter. And I think one of the negatives of that is even teachers who don't feel really comfortable with some of the union's policies, nonetheless, you know, they're worried about liability insurance. Uh, they're worried about making sure someone's advocating for them on their pay increases or protecting their pensions or whatever. And those aren't unreasonable things, but they kind of then have to take everything else that the union's doing politically, um, which I don't particularly think is healthy for our democracy or for our schools. I would agree with that. If I recall correctly, in Los Angeles, you referenced COVID earlier. In order to get the teachers back in the classroom, they had a list of demands that had absolutely nothing to do with the classroom. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election 
storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. They had a list of demands that included things about climate change, about social justice, about uh, the list. It was like a progressive wish list in order to return to the classroom. So instead of just, hey, teachers should be first in line for vaccines or we'll come back as long as there's ventilation and masks. It was things like we'll come back if you promise us climate change. I'm generalizing here, but it seemed to me and anyone else that read this list of demands that this had very little to do with education and much more to do with a major political agenda. What, how can anyone take that seriously? No, it's absolutely true. And I think the icing on the cake was when um, uh, LA Magazine did an interview with the president of the um, uh, teachers union in Los Angeles. Of course, it's one of the largest school districts in the country. Um, and, and side note here that's really important is when President Biden started to talk in the spring all about how, you know, um, 75 percent of our schools have reopened under my leadership, so on and so forth. One of the things that that didn't I mean, that was factually true that that many schools had opened. But what it misses is that the ones that remain closed, the places where kids were basically lost an entire year of in-person learning were the large urban districts like mm-hmm. Chicago, like Los Angeles. And because those large districts serve a much larger share of our kids in public schools, the reality was that about 50% of America's public school students had a, had a, had a, a, a red shirt year. They sat out for an entire year. Um, and in L.A., um, you know, you can trace that to the teachers union. So to your point about these laundry lists of progressive wish lists in Los Angeles, heading into the 2021 school year. OK, so not even the first year uh, uh, of covid shutdowns. Um, the president of the union there said when asked, will the only thing that guides your decision making or your support for returning students to the classroom in 2021 be objective and neutral public health criteria? Her response was, well, it'll be that. But, you know, education is, quote, political, inferring, at least in my reading, uh, to your point that unless the union was able to get a a suite of policies that it wanted, it was going to put up roadblocks on the district. And, you know, they did just that. They have a new superintendent in Los Angeles who came in from Miami, a great guy, a real education reformer. And he said, look, um, the only proven education reform that can help kids mitigate their learning loss and get back up to speed is more time in school. You know, that's not rocket science. So he proposed three voluntary extra days on the school calendar. Not a single teacher in L.A. Unified was going to be forced to go back to the classroom. Um, These were voluntary. The union threatened to strike over that issue and said, you need to bargain collectively with us over that. You know, I have a real problem with that, taking off my scholarly hat and sort of putting on my political analysis hat. My problem with that is what other employer around the country, when they were facing um, obstacles during COVID to keep their doors open, would have been okay with an employee saying, you know, uh, I'm going to need you to work a little more uh, three extra days. And by the way, it's not even required, but if you're willing to come in, I mean, I think most professionals would have said that's a reasonable thing after we've come through a pandemic. 
the, it, it's they were so exposed. I I hope this this exposure that we got to sort of the ugly side of teachers unions that that people continue to follow through on this. This isn't this hasn't been solved as you just pointed out when you bring in a superintendent who really wants to do things to make things better to improve the situation and to get kids learning and there's this pushback. Uh, it's uh, it's embarrassing and it's sad and uh, frankly I think it's a little insane. I I don't I don't get it and I I feel like parents I hope are really starting to make their voices heard about this kind of thing. Yeah, I, I look at me. I, I, I'm speechless when you well, tell that story. To. I'm absolutely speechless. We need them to stand up. I mean, it's sort of like Woody Allen's old quote that 80% of success in life is showing up. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the reasons that teachers unions have had such a monopoly as an interest group in these education policy debates over the years is that it's very hard to get other groups a counterweight to show up and be part of the process. And it's not just enough. I wish it were just enough to show up in your elections for school board and state legislature and governor and vote. That's really important. But we also need parents and other st community stakeholders who are, whether it's watching the taxpayer out for the taxpayer, um, looking at education policy in terms of what's best for kids. We need these people to run for the school board. Yeah. I know it's not fun. It doesn't pay a lot. It's a headache. I mean, you, you said we're losing teachers. We're losing a lot of incumbent school board members who are just looking at this and saying, is it really worth is it really worth it or superintendents walking away? But we need these people to get involved. I mean, we have an election this week where there are a lot of school board races on the ballot. And I know everyone's wrapped up in what's going on in the midterms in Congress in D.C. But what's happening in your school district is really, especially if you have kids, just as important. Oh, yes, you've said it so well. I have nothing to add to that. So we'll take a quick break and come back and talk a little bit more about these elections. There are some interesting things going on with school boards and and I know that you've drilled down on this, so we'll we'll get into that next. It's the day before election day, and the biggest thing on people's minds is inflation. So money's worth less right now. And how do you protect against that when you're looking at your retirement funds, your 401k, your IRA, whatever your portfolio has? How do you look at that and see your money kind of shrinking? It's a great time to think about gold and silver. And there are a lot of companies out there who are trying to sell it to you. The only ones I trust are legacy precious metals. And I'd encourage you to talk to them and get all your questions answered. How little do you need to start with? How much is right for you given your financial situation? Legacy precious metals will answer all those questions. They are interested in your individual case. They're not just interested in selling you a bunch of gold. They want to help your circumstance. And that's why I trust them. You know, this time of our lives is a little bit like 2008, if you recall. And those back then who invested in gold saw really significant gains while others lost their retirements. So go to LegacyPMInvestments.com or give them a call 866-528-1903. 866-528-1903. Get your questions answered. They've also got a free investor's guide at their website, LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. 
faces a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 elections storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from free thinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Back with Michael Hartney, fellow at the Hoover Institution on the campus of Stanford University. We're talking about teachers unions and their impact on politics. It goes well beyond just education. You see a lot of groups now. I, I've noticed more and more of them. Ed Choice, um, defending our schools. A lot of these kind of uh, private inst- little organizations, I should say, popping up all over the place, trying to counter this effort by teachers unions to whether it's indoctrinate, however you want to say, you should set the academic table to put things on the agenda that parents are like, I'm sorry, why are my kids learning pronouns they'll never use? Or, you know, I shouldn't say never, but I, I kind of hope. Or why are you teaching this to third graders and second graders and kindergartners? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't want it. How is, has this level of progressivism crept into, you know, K through 12? And especially these, how is this happening? I, you know, down in Florida, they have this, the don't say gay bill, which is what everyone wanted to call it, even though nowhere in the bill does it say that. But they are furious. They feel like teachers aren't allowed to be themselves if they can't talk about their gender or their married life. Or the, What does this have to do with kindergartners? Well, let me just say something really quick about about that issue. You know, I'm not going to speak to maybe any specific. There's so many pieces of legislation out there, and I'm sure that I could find some of them that I would say are maybe written in an overly broad way. Mm-hmm. But let's get down to brass tacks here. And that is um, that parents... Well, they want their high schoolers exposed to a very wide uh, curricula. They want them to debate um, contested issues in society. They want that happening maybe in an AP government class in the 11th grade. They don't want it happening in third grade. There's a poll that was just released by researchers out at the University of Southern California. These are not conservatives. Um, that showed across almost all of these controversial issues, discussing transgender issues, discussing um, sexual identity, they don't want those topics uh, on either side, by the way, heterosexual or homosexual. They just don't. I mean, shocker, parents don't want their kids talking about sex in the third, second, first or greater kindergarten. But in many ways, um, uh, officials who've taken a stand in support of what seven out of 10 of these parents feel are being lambasted as the ones who are supposedly out of touch, which is just nonsense. So I do want to just point that out. Um, Of course, it's also important to recognize, I think, something that um, I care a lot about is that these are important issues, right? Curriculum. Um, Parents need to be able to have the say in what their kids are learning. 
But I also think it's important for us all to step back and remember that the schools exist for kids, for the education of kids. <laughs> They're not supposed to be a political forum for adults to right. fight their fights. And right. that's the problem is that the schools get hijacked for adults to fight red and blue, progressive and conservative. They ought to be places that are teaching kids how to be numerate, how to be literate, how to be kind and good citizens. Mm -hmm. And productive citizens and courageous citizens. That's another thing that I, I, I've seen growing. And I think there was, there was a, uh, an, some sort of event out at Stanford recently with a bunch of professors and people who are in academia who are complaining about the fact that research and teaching at the college level have gotten very, they feel almost handcuffed. Like if they trip on their words and they say something like, hey guys, that's going to be considered sexist or bigoted or something, or, or they see the safe spaces on college campuses and that, that everyone has to be so careful. That's very limiting. I would think in a college environment, a, heck any environment where you just want to teach and you want conversation and you want people to feel free to ask questions and you don't want professors thinking about every word they're about to say and afraid they might offend someone in their classroom. I mean, it's gotten, I think it's gotten out of control. So even at the college level, what are we seeing that, that people, people should be aware of? Well, I, I unfortunately was out of town. I had hoped to attend that conference, but I was at another one. But what I, I did uh, pick up from what, um, from some of the reporting on it, um, uh, one of the participants, I think, started out the conference by saying that uh, by their count, nearly 40 uh, professors of education had lost their job uh, in recent years because of something they said. Now, that might seem like a small number, but remember, uh, tenure in academia is supposed to be the holy grail. And it yeah. wasn't that long ago that self-described liberals, 60s and 70s radicals, one of the things that was most near and dear to their heart, think the ACLU, was unfettered free speech rights. I mean, you don't have to go back that far to the post 9-11 era when it was conservatives who were trying to oust uh, that um, professor who'd said despicable things about uh, the uh, victims of 9-11. And it truly was despicable. But it's a role reversal now. It was conservatives attacking him then uh, in the 2000s and liberals defending him. And today you see a lot of it on the other side. Um, so I think that's a very scary thing from an academic freedom standpoint. Um, you know, uh, professors need to be able to feel like they can tackle difficult research questions without fear of repercussion. I mean, tenure has its problems, don't get me wrong. I think it's very suspect in the K-12 space for particular reasons. But in higher education, where these scholars are trying to uh, study and seek the truth, oftentimes on controversial subjects, yeah. uh, if, we, if we usher them out of the academy because their findings don't comport with some ideological worldview that we have, then we're definitely not living up to uh, a standard of the university as a truth-seeking institution. So the event that I was talking about was, it, it, I, I read about this uh, in Barry Weiss's Common Sense blog, an existential threat to doing good science. And this uh, conference was at Stanford to talk about the state of academic freedom. And one of the people who spoke was an evolutionary biologist who was born and raised in Brazil. And it, she said this, the risk of cancellation at Williams College, where I have taught for 12 years, 
and at top colleges and universities throughout this country is not theoretical. My fellow scientists and I are living it. What is at stake is not simply our reputations, but our ability to pursue truth and scientific knowledge. If you had asked me about academic freedom five years ago, I would have complained about the obsession with race, gender, and ethnicity, along with safetyism on campus, safe spaces, great inflation, and so on. But I would not have expressed concern about academic freedom. It sounds authoritarianism-like, and how could this possibly be going on in the United States of America? Yeah, I mean, it's real scary. And it's not just part of it's that the administration in a lot of universities have taken sides. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, You know, this this has gone back uh, in other cases like this. But, you know, the Supreme Court, it will be weighing in on the future of racial preferences in higher education. The justice just heard oral arguments there. And uh, universities uh, filed uh, amici briefs with the court taking one side in this issue, which is their right to do. But oftentimes we don't even know who are the authorities voting for that. It's not necessarily a transparent process. Was it for private universities? Was it a majority of the board of trustees? Was it simply the dictate of a president? I mean, I think the one of the biggest problems we have, and I'm trying to think of solutions about what we can do about um, uh, the the sort of stifling of free academic inquiry is transparency. Yeah. Okay. So um, these decisions that are made at the administrative level need to be made transparent, so that a parents can vote with their feet if they're displeased, whether it's Vanderbilt University and what their medical school. I mean, I went to Vanderbilt University. They've been in the news. The Tennessee legislature has gotten involved about how they're approaching the very unsettled science. Um, of issues around uh, gender dysphoria. It's a re- there's a real debate there. I'm not an expert. I'm not going to take a side, but I will take a side on behalf of the right of medical professionals to have that debate. Uh, and I think the second thing, aside from transparency, which really unsettles me um, more than anything from the standpoint of why I got into this industry, is I found it I find it almost clownish, if you will, that those who tend to attack academic freedom or those who are saying there are, you know, subjects that should not be researched and conclusions that should not be drawn. These folks oftentimes won't get on the stage and debate their adversaries. And I'm sorry, but in academia, if you don't do that, you're a coward. And my colleague here at the Hoover Institution, I'd encourage everyone to go and read um, the opening remarks he made at this academic freedom conference you were referencing, my colleague at Hoover, John Cochran a beautiful statement. Um, There's also an accompanying uh, statement that folks can sign. I think they're particularly looking for people in academia, um, uh, but saying we defend the Chicago principles of free speech. But um, John's uh, introduction was beautiful. He said, look, think of the irony here. We are having a conference on academic freedom and we've invited our harshest critics and they've chosen not to come and debate with us. Now, these the people at this conference are renowned. Go to Google Scholar. Their citation index is off the mark. In fact, many of their critics have paltry academic resumes compared to them. And so, I, you know, that's my little bee in my bonnet is I think it's really pathetic um, if you won't get on the stage and debate with somebody you disagree with. Why else did you go into academia? <laughs> that's a great question. Why did you go into academia if you aren't willing to debate ideas? And it it just seems to me that, oh, no, no, 
There's no debate because this is my experience. This is my truth. And therefore, you cannot deny that. And it's sort of like, well, wait a minute. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from free thinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from free thinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. I am, um, I'm really worried about this. Like this is, yes, I think that the elections in 24 hours are going to be about inflation and gas prices and for the most part in crime. But this is a massive concern of mine, massive, because we are, we are creeping in on eliminating free speech on campuses. And I had Ilya Shapiro on my show early on to talk about what happened to him at Georgetown. And it was, again, insane. I think we, we do see a, a few little buds popping up of the idea of new institutions, new schools that want to protect this freedom and want to teach in a very transparent way. How... That's going to take a long time, isn't it, for, for, for some of those schools to really blossom and develop into competitive institutions? Yeah, and I think you have the University of Austin there yes. in mind. Um, uh, here's my take on all of this. I think we need to – I don't think we can abandon traditional institutions, um, and, but I also think the problem starts a lot earlier. Uh, and I kind of take us back to school boards and yes, what kids okay. are learning at the K-12 level. You know, in the civics classes that kids are taking in high school, that's where parents and other education reformers need to fight to make sure they're learning about how to think and not what to think, mm -hmm. to make sure they're learning uh, about tolerance of different political viewpoints, that that's what makes our democracy great. 
um, that we respect institutions. When we lose an election, we lose an election. I understand that you get up and you fight again, but nobody's views in terms of, you know, we should do this with Social Security. Uh, we should do this with school vouchers. No, none of those views should not be able to be debated. And I think it's too late if we don't foster a culture at the K-12 level where students see that as a real value. It's too late if they come to college campuses um, and they've already sort of lost any appreciation for why we care about uh, what's the old uh, quote attributed to Voltaire that I may really hate what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. Kids need to be graduating, not just knowing math and reading. They need to be understanding why that sentiment is near and dear um, to our polity. Um, so I think they're the answer, as you say, you're right. Um, it's going to be an election decided on these issues like inflation, um, uh, the economy, um, gas. But at the state and local level, um, do your homework. Uh, parents, need, you know, no endorsements here, but parents need to go and find out who are the people endorsing these candidates. What do these school board members think? And, you know, this is a challenge. I feel really bad in many ways. And a lot of what I've done in my research is try to highlight ways we can change this, which is how do you make it easier for our citizens, especially our parents who are busy, to understand who the candidates are in school board elections, to make sure that we don't have low turnout stealth school board elections. Because remember, in most parts of our country, school board members don't run with party labels. So say, yeah. I like the Republican brand. You can't you go into the ballot box and then you see three names and there's no party label. So what do you do? Right. And I think I'm not necessarily advocating that we make school board elections partisan, but I am advocating that we hold them um, at a time of the year like uh, tomorrow when turnout is high and not as a lot of school districts do at odd times of the year when turnout is five or 10 percent and the teachers unions mobilization efforts go a long way. Um, so I really think that there are some solutions and we ought not to abandon our institutions. We just need to get our hands dirty. I'm ready. I'm ready to get my hands dirty, Michael. Uh, I, I want to leave it right there because that is such an important message to get across. I think there's this general assumption by parents that, oh, people, teachers are all such angels and they're, they're heroes and therefore anyone involved in education is a hero and a saint and all they care about is the children and goodness sakes thank you for that because when i send my kid off to school i want them to be cared for but they are starting to see and i hope this continues that there's something not so pure at play on every level and we need to care about it big time and you've laid out so many good reasons why I'd love to have you on again, Michael, because there's a lot more depth we could get into. Thank Would you so much. Back. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. Thank you so much. He's Michael Hartney. Everyone, thanks for listening to Sideline Sanity. Be brave when you speak up on behalf of your kids. Do good. Go and get out and vote and know whom, whom you are voting for or for whom you are voting. I'm just trying to be a good grammatical daughter of a school teacher. And thanks for listening. Happy to talk once again with Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. You know, I think it still is confusing to people, uh, some people, uh, as to why a precious metals investment would be a worthwhile one, particularly at this time when they're thinking, I'm doing all I can to put gas in the car. Why is now a particularly good time? And we'll go from there to how small of an investment is worthwhile for someone? 
You know, a great question. And I think the, the importance of why really comes into the fact that we have to save for ourselves, whether it's a little here, a little there, whether it's making it a plan and putting out so much a paycheck, whether it's making sure we fund our retirement account. We have to realize we are responsible for ourselves in the long run. <laughs> you mean that no one else is going to ride up and save us, you know, on some white steed? It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. You know, the, and anyone who's promising to do that is getting ready to take advantage of you in some form or fashion. Yeah. And so, so if, if I'm an investor, a potential investor, and I'm looking at legacy precious metals and I'm saying to myself, yeah, I, I, this sounds smart. I don't have a lot to spend. What would you tell that person? I would say, do what you can. If you never start, you never get there. So the most important step you can take is saying, I'm going to take care of myself and my family. I'm going to make it a plan. I'm going to take action. I'm going to start in the way that's comfortable for me. That's the important thing. The first step is always the hardest. But once you take that first step, the second step is easier. And then you're moving. And then once you're in motion, it's hard to stop you. So that first step, most important step. I always tell people they can call and talk to an IRA expert or, or check out the, the guide that they can download for free, the investor's guide. What, what is the number one question that you get from people who are first-time investors? The biggest question I get, is this right for me? That is the question. And that comes from everyone. So, so everyone's asking the same, is this right for me? And yet we're all so unique. And, and yet it, it is a sound investment for just about any portfolio, isn't it? It is. We, even though we're all unique, that uniqueness is going to tailor the way we begin the investment. Okay. But we're all in the same situation. That's the one thing I think we seem to forget in today's society. Whether you agree with somebody or not, we're in this together. America is in this transition that we're in right now. We're dealing with the same issues. Some people like them, some don't, but we're all in it together, right? So the need is the same. How we prepare and how we invest is what changes from person to person, but we all have that same need. It's a great point. And again, I encourage people to, to, to just make the call, pick up the phone. That step is always the hardest. I'm not sure why that is in any kind of effort that you make in life, whether it's weight loss or exercise or investing some way to better your life. It always seems like that first hurdle is, is the challenge. Uh, but when they call, who, who are they going to talk to? Who, what, what's going to be on the other end of the line for them? Great question. You're, you're going to speak with one of our customer representatives and their job is not to sell you metals, right? But we have a much different approach. We're going to answer all your questions. We're going to show you what options you have. And on the rare occasion, this isn't right for you. We're going to say this probably isn't right for you. Um, we have a gold company here, but you know, I, I say it all the time. What we actually deal in is customer service. We want each and every individual that calls to get the answers they need to be able to make the decision that's right for them. And we want to do that in a way that's not pushy, that's not salesy. And that's what makes my team so special. We care about each and every caller. And we're going to show you what options you have. And then you get to make an informed decision. So don't be afraid of the phone call. It's the best thing you can do. And this is why I am so honored and I feel privileged to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. They're the ones that I'm going to deal with. And I encourage you to pick up the phone, give them a call. Even easier, go check out their, their guide. 
It's a free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. But as you said, Charles, pick up the phone. You're going to talk to someone who can answer your specific questions and get get the ball rolling, get, get started, do something that is a long-term play for your family's benefit. Charles, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always great to be here. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.